0: So thank you, everyone, for joining us today on Understanding Climate Finance. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Paolo Martelli to the podcast. Paolo is responsible for debt and equity transactions throughout Latin America, the Caribbean, and Africa. Some of our listeners may already know Paolo as a lead investment officer on the infrastructure team on IDB Invest in Washington, D.C. In that former role, he led transaction teams in the investment of over $450 million in water, energy, and transportation sectors. Overall, Paolo brings over 10 years of emerging market project finance experience, both as an investment professional and attorney that has managed over $1 billion in project finance and infrastructure loans. Paolo holds a Chartered Financial Analyst designation, a Juris doctor degree from the University of Western Ontario, and a Bachelor of Business Administration degree from York University. Paulo's actually been a really great friend to the TCS and to me and is always keen to work with Canadian project developers. So thank you, Paulo, for being
1: here. Feen, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for the for the warm introduction. How are you? Good,
0: good. So I thought we could kick off our conversation by having you tell us a little bit about FinDev. And in, in the community of development finance institutions, FinDev is relatively new. So could you tell us how about FinDev and how it came about?
1: Sure thing. So uh, FinDev Canada is Canada's Development Finance Institution, or, or DFI for short. FinDev Canada was created about uh, three years ago with the, with the basic premise, premise to finance development. This means that we look at potential investments through both a traditional investment sort of mindset, looking at risk and reward, but also through a, a development mindset. And this means that we look at transactions to see how our investments would improve the lives of people on the ground in the countries that we invest in. And what this this specifically means is that we look at three main aspects of our transactions from a development perspective. We look at how the investment will create jobs. We look at how the investment might uh, mitigate climate change. And we look at how the investment might enhance women's economic empowerment. So we look at all of those factors together and then decide whether, uh, whether we can go ahead with the transaction or not.
0: Great. So definitely a, a big development impact lens.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's, it's what uh, I, I feel like it's what makes us sort of different from other forms of capital, uh, and it makes our our, our our jobs very rewarding, right? Because it's not just about sort of the numbers and the spreadsheets. It's about how we improve people's lives.
0: Right. No, no, and that's great, and that aligns, of course, with the other development institutions like World Bank Group and IDB and others. Can you tell me a little bit more about where uh, what are the specific sector and geographical interests of FinDev?
1: Sure thing. So we provide uh, financing in the form of uh, debt, uh, equity and guarantees. Uh, And the the sectors that we uh, look at are uh, green growth. So that means renewables, energy efficiency, off-grid solutions. Uh, The other main sector is the agribusiness value chain. So we'll look at all sorts of transactions from production, processing, distribution, trade, and, finance, and and finally, financial intermediaries. And this means we'll look at banks, non-bank financials, and private uh, equity transactions as well. And in terms of uh, regions and geographical focus, uh, we invest in companies in sub-Saharan Africa, Latin America, and the Caribbean.
0: Great. Any plan on expanding beyond those geographies in in the future
1: uh we're open to it definitely in the future i mean we've only been set up for about three years and we've got uh, over 70 countries to invest in so there's plenty right. to do in in our regions but uh when we get to, i think to the right size and scale happy to to expand to other parts of the globe
0: great could, could you expand a little bit on actually two aspects one is green growth so what is green growth mm-hmm. mean to FinDev? Okay. and then i'll ask you the, the a private equity question later
1: yeah, so so green growth is meant to be sort of a, a broad group, right? So it's 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 renewables, energy efficiency, and off grid. And I think sort of the best way to sort of talk about that is, is to talk about some of the transactions that we've done, so you sort of get a sense of sort of the the full range of that. You know, one of the you know the first deal that Vindef Canada did was a, an equity investment into MCOPA, right? This is a distributed uh, for those who don't know, it's a distributed uh, power generation company uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, and we did an equity investment in them. After that, we 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 invested into a private equity vehicle in uh, that's a, a global based fund called uh, Climate Investor One. And then after that, we did a direct equity investment in a company called JCM Power, actually a Canadian company headquartered out of Toronto that invests in renewable energy projects around the world as well. Uh, and we've also done debt tra- transactions in the space as well. We invested. Uh, I believe it was about ten million dollars into CIFI, which is a uh, an infrastructure fund based out of uh, in Central America that invests in uh, renewable energy projects and other in- infrastructure projects throughout Latam. So, I feel like that gives sort of a, a good glimpse of the depth uh, that we have here at FindF Canada in terms of our interest in the in the green growth space.
0: Oh, great! And then that actually answers my private equity question on how oh. how you work with private equity companies. But it sounds like you take on the role. And correct me if I'm wrong. As an LP,
1: absolutely, we invest in, in private equity funds as an LP, uh, and we will we'll d- invest equity directly in, into companies as well, just like uh, for JCM Power. So definitely, we have the the interest and appetite for that space. It's obviously much more challenging, I'd say, in the, in the current context with regards to uh, to COVID, mm-hmm. uh, COVID nineteen and its effects in, in, in the market to in, uh, to do further uh, investments in equity. But we definitely have the appetite, and hopefully, we'll find uh, more opportunities uh, to deploy in the future.
0: And you also do debt investment too, right?
1: Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. We've, been, uh, we've been quite busy in this space. I'd say definitely over the last 12 months. We've, done, we, we've seen increased demand, I'd say, for debt financing, but primarily to, to financial intermediaries, right? So both sort of banks, non-bank financials and private equity funds with both a focus on sort of general liquidity, but also for, for green lending mm-hmm. uh, and other types of aspects as well. So in, in that space, we've been quite busy, frankly.
0: Okay. So let's say a Canadian company, because we are the Trade Commissioner Service for Canada, so I'll use Canada as an example, wants to talk to FinDev. What What does an investable project look like to FinDev?
1: Great question. So uh, a couple of things we look at. So a, a lot of our criteria is similar to what other, other DFIs have in the space, uh, but I'll talk about specifically about what, what we look at. So we look at to make sure that the company is, is a private sector entity, that the entity does not get financing or does not have a, a benefit from a government guarantee. Uh, we want to invest uh, in, in the private sector, not, not in, in, in government sector. Obviously, the, the company or the project has to have operations in the regions that we talked about earlier, Sub-Saharan Africa, LADAM and the Caribbean. Um, and, and, and fairly importantly, uh, are the two aspects also that we touched on before earlier, right? The entity has to be able to uh, generate cash flow that's able to repay the financial instrument that we would be providing to the, to the entity, whether it's debt or equity or something in, in between. The other aspect that's important is, is the v- development aspect piece we talked about earlier. We need to be sure that that the operation or the project or whatever it may be is going to improve the lives of people in, in a meaningful way along those three aspects I mentioned earlier. I think another important point to, for potential partners to keep in mind is, is that we provide market-based pricing. So we we were created to provide an additional source of financing to the market. So we haven't we we do not try to compete with commercial banks or other forms of capital in the space. So if we if we see that an entity has an interest from commercial banks or other other players in the other space, we're happy for them to sort of continue that. We're looking for opportunities that that are not able to get the financing because of whatever, you know, whatever the reason may be, but at the same time, they still have to, have to be bankable. With regards to uh, you know, Canadian companies, we're, we're different from other um, entities that let's say might have a requirement for let's say a national content or a Canadian content uh, requirement. For us, there isn't a, a requirement for a, for a Canadian link, although we would be thrilled and pleased uh, to work with Canadian companies. So we definitely welcome our conversation.
0: Great, that's, that's really helpful. When we're looking at some of these transactions, and in, in, in some of these transactions, maybe there needs to be some sort of off-taker agreement or PPA, mm-hmm. how far down the line will, does a company need to be to start talking to FinDev or even any of the, the development finance institutions or to be prepared to be investable or, or start a due diligence?
1: Great question. I, I think, we, the, you know, companies have to be a little bit further down the line um, to speak to us as compared to some of the bigger shops. So I, so I speak from from my previous experience, some of the, you know, the larger multilaterals will have sort of large teams. They'll have access to public sector teams as well that can help with uh, speaking to regulators or government to help shape the PPA and so forth. Uh, we don't have that. We're, we're a brand new DFI. We, we are almost uh, 50 people based out of, uh, out of Montreal. And, uh, and we don't have the resources to go and, and have these kinds of conversations with government. So we would prefer that sort of people, are, people, you know, entities are a bit further along in, in the development cycle, meaning that they have uh, a PPA that hopefully has been signed and PPA has been has, is, is bankable. Um, we'll, we'll take a look and see. But to be clear, we're, we're not going to provide sort of um, development uh, expertise or, or, or assistance uh, for those projects because we're not we're not there yet at this point in time. Hopefully, hopefully someday soon, though.
0: There are a number of companies that sort of are at different transaction levels. What is the sort of preferred investment amount of investment, and how much of the capital structure would FinDev contribute to?
1: Great question. So for us, our, our minimum transaction size is five million U.S. dollars. Our upper limit uh, it, it varies depending on, on on the type of transaction and type of country that, that, that we're looking uh, that we're looking into. In terms of sort of preferred size, preferred stakes, we definitely do not want to take a, a controlling stake. And I'd say at, at this time, we, we'd prefer to partner with other DFIs and, and multilaterals. Uh, again, simply because of, of sort of the current COVID restrictions, we aren't able to travel to the markets uh, that we serve. Uh, and so it's, it's great to partner with others, either who have you know, pre-existing relationships with some potential companies or have networks and people on the ground mm-hmm. uh, to help with uh, due diligence. Um, but uh, so that I think that would imply, you know, companies have to be of a certain size. The projects have to be a certain size to accommodate not just our potential $5 million investment, but another $5 million investment from a potential partner as well.
0: Okay. And the institutions that you mentioned are sort of like IDB and IFC and some of those other organizations.
1: Yeah, no, we have, uh, we have a number of strong partnerships uh, with, with IDB, with IFC, and definitely with the, the European DFIs as well, African Development Bank as well. So we're happy to work with, uh, with any of those and, and, uh, and also commercial partners as well.
0: Oh, okay, great. You know, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but maybe you can expand a little bit more on what else should companies do to prepare to, to, to talk to you? What, wh- you know, what do you want them to, to bring to the table to have a, a meaningful conversation?
1: That's great. I I think uh, think companies should should, should do some of their homework, Um, you know, because, again, we're we're, we're small, we're growing, and and we're in a fortunate spot in terms of of having sort of a small book and and an appetite to to go out and do a lot of of investments. Uh, And so companies need to be prepared because if if they come and and they just, you know, have an idea or they have something that's not quite correct, it'll be very difficult to, to try to help them. Um, I would encourage companies to also take a look at other sources of financing as well to make sure that, the, that we're not going to be inadvertently competing or displacing other sources of financing, because as, as I've mentioned earlier, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not interested in, in doing that. I, I think generally that's it, and I think be willingness to sort of talk about uh, and to think about the impact that that they're making in terms of that you know the, the countries that that uh, they're focused in for their operations. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not just about is the PPA bankable, is the sponsor credit worthy, and so on and so forth. It's also about sort of what what are you doing? What kind of um, are you hiring local people to work on the project? Are you considering all of the relevant relevant aspects of uh, env- environmental risk, social risk, uh, business integrity risk? Um, are you Taking a close look at, at at the gender aspect of these transactions, do you have, um, or do you consider a gender when you're putting together your project in terms of management, employees, um, local communities, and so forth? Those are things that we think about. Um, and it's all right if not every sponsor project sort of thinks about it, but we think about it, and we will ask the companies um, that we work with to to think about it and what their what their approach is to these kinds of issues.
0: Okay, great. That, that's really helpful. It's a quick question on, on, you had mentioned that you don't want to compete with commercial banks. So will, is that a strict criteria where there is a commercial lender that uh, Findev won't participate in that country or they obviously won't compete on rates, but is, are there, is there an advantage of working with Findev o- over some of these other other lenders?
1: So so no, no we're not at all ad- adverse to working with with commercial lenders we welcome it mm-hmm. i think what I, what I would like to discourage is if if a company let's say has has an offer for financing from a commercial bank and they say well no listen i would like to see if i can get a better rate from from FinDev Canada we we won't offer a better rate we will offer what 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 the market offers mm-hmm. i think the, the i think the best way to illustrate how we can work with commercial sources of financing is 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 an example where let's say a company is looking for a certain amount of financing and they can only get let's say Fifty percent or seventy-five percent of the financing, there saying, "Listen, we're missing this last portion of it. Do you, you know, can you come in and work with these other lenders?" And our answer would be, well, "Yes, you know, mm-hmm. provided they meet all the other criteria that that we have." Um, so we're we're not at all adverse to uh, to working with uh, with commercial lenders.
0: Okay, great. And in my last question is is somewhat broad, so it's, it's sort of a generalization on how much time should a company expect from the time they start a conversation with you. To the time they actually get financing, how long is your due diligence process? Um, you know obviously there's external factors in play as well
1: right? sure no great great question uh, great question I you know of course it, it varies it varies on a number of factors obviously right mm-hmm. it varies in, in terms of what stage the the company that the transaction is at, mm-hmm. how organized and well prepared uh, the, the sponsor or counterparty is. And, and, and sort of the type of deal uh, that, that we're looking at. I know this is the, the, the uh, Understanding Climate Finance podcast. I'd say uh, obviously for simpler deals in the financial intermediary space, we have done deals in as quick as, as 60 to 90 days. Uh, for other transactions in other sectors, it could take between three and six months um, for financing, but again, it assumes that uh, everything is in place. I think what we have, we're very fortunate being sort of a new DFI being a a small group. Again, we're just 50 people. Mm -hmm. So it's not that hard to pull together a credit committee. It's not that hard to, to get things done because we're, we're fairly small and we, are trying to be nimble, uh, and, uh, and, and definitely sort of client centric. Um, but it also, we need, we need our counterpart also to be ready to, to ready to roll and, and get things done quickly.
0: Okay, great. Well, that's, that's great information. Um, so I think that's their time today. So thank you so much, Paulo, um, for for talking with us, um, and you know, for our Canadian uh, TCS clients, please feel free to get in touch with me, and I I would be happy to talk to you um, about development finance institutions and can connect you to great people like like Paulo and others. Mm-hmm
1: thank you so much for hearing me. it was a pleasure and look forward to uh speaking with you and uh, and others who are listening on this podcast
0: great thanks and a note for everybody else please feel free to provide feedback and ratings on your podcast platform on this podcast and disseminate as you feel necessary i mean this the, the purpose of this podcast is around climate finance education so thank you everybody and we will talk to you soon